0: four let's see one, I, now that wasn't fair of me was it you're receiving the tithes and offerings and you're having to answer a question so how many can do more than one thing at a time okay how many soul winners do I have in here okay I, I'm going to wait till the offering basket has gone through and, and now how many soul winners do I have in here you know what if you, if you can't zip your hand up real quick you're so far out of the will of God at the beggar's description did you hear me How many of you know that... Now, this is not a message to beat you over the head. This is a message today to stir you up and to stir me up. Something that that we need to stay stirred up in is winning the lost. Amen? Now, Now, that's got to be... How many of you know that's the main thing? Look, if you would, at Mark 16 and 15. Jesus said to them... Now, what did He say? He said, go into some of the world... He said, what all of the world and preach the gospel are the good news to every creature, to every person. You know, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who does not believe will be what will be what condemned Condemned or damned. So so it's up to us to go preach. Is that right? But you see, people often misunderstand that word preach. They think preach means standing behind a pulpit like I'm doing here today. Well, certainly that's part of it. But, but that he's not talking about standing behind a pulpit doing it necessarily. He's talking to everybody. All of us need to be in our daily lives looking for ways that we can share the good news of Jesus with people who are lost. Do you understand that? Because you see, until they hear and until they repent and believe, they're going to be... What is that last word in verse 16? They're going to be what? What is that word? Condemned. Condemned. That means go to hell, doesn't it? Does that, is that what that means? That's what that means. So I'm talking to you today about the main thing. Do you know the main thing is not whether or not we're happy in life? Did you hear me? The main thing is not whether or not our favorite team wins or not. Is that right? The main thing is not how big of a home we have or what kind of watch we have or what kind of car we drive. Did you know God really ultimately, that's only a secondary interest to Him. I said that's a secondary interest. The main thing that God is interested in is soul winning. Soul winning. He's far more interested in soul winning than he is in anything else. That's the main thing. And, and the thing is, is the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. Did you get what I just said? I heard a missionary say that years ago and it's, it's, it's really right. The main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. What is the main thing? The main thing is being a soul winner and, and sharing the good news of Jesus with people so that those people don't ultimately die and go where? To hell. Now, you see, soul winning is what is on God's heart. It's the heartbeat of God. Uh The first thing Jesus really said to his disciples is what? I will make you what? Huh? Fishers of men. Is that not what he said? That was on his mind right off the bat, wasn't it? And what's the last thing he says before he's taken up and seated at the right hand of the Father? He says what? Go into all the world. Did you know two-thirds of God's name is go? Is that right? Did you ever think about that? Two-thirds of his name is Go. Is that right? That has to be the main thing in all of our lives. My wife is reading a book. It's called Radical, and I'm going to read it. It's really good. And, 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 And I've been seeing this for years and years and years, and it's good when you hear somebody else saying the same thing. That by and large, Christianity in America, by and large is so far away from this Bible that it beggars description. Did you you get what I just said? The the Christianity of this Bible is not about how you can get something. The Christianity of this Bible is how you can give something and help somebody else. Did you hear what I just said? The Christianity of this Bible is not about, about... The self, it it should be about self-sacrifice and what you can do for somebody else. So much of the television Christianity... I tell you what, if God ever gave me a television show, who knows if he will or not, I refuse to go on a Christian channel. We don't need to be on a Christian channel, do we? We need to go where the sinners are watching. Is that right? But you watch... And most people have better sense than to watch most Christian television... But if you watch most Christian television, what are they saying? They're saying, go to your phone. How many has got better sense than to watch Christian, most Christian television? <laughs> Some people watch it, but most of it is not this. Did you hear what I just said? Go to your phone, go to your phone, go to your phone. Why don't they ever say, go find somebody that's lost and win them to Christ? You see, the Christianity that we have here in the United States is so far away from this book that it beggars description. What Christianity is all about is repenting of your sins, making Jesus your Lord, and then serving Him and and sharing Him with somebody else. That's what what it should be about. It shouldn't be about, how can I get a bigger house? How can I get a better car? How can I get a, a more expensive watch? How many of you know Christianity shouldn't be about that? How many of you know God's not against us having those things? How many of you know that God says that He takes pleasure at the prosperity of His servant? Doesn't He? How many of you know that people that really walked with God, God blessed them and made them rich, didn't He? I mean, I mean, where they had a full supply. Is that right? But that wasn't the main thing. What was the main thing? Them being a blessing to other people. Is that right? And, and, and I don't know about you, but I want this church to be all about, not us, but all about how we can share the good news of Jesus with somebody else. How about that? Amen. Now, the thing is, is, is that video, uh, they played a video today at the beginning of the service, and the numbers show that the majority of the world has not yet been reached with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Those numbers that, that 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 my wife put together on that video, that she got uh, the accurate statistics. Did you know the ma- the majority of this world has never, ever, ever, ever been reached with the gospel? Did you realize that? So a lot of times we think that the preacher is going to get the job done. I went. I've I've been on one mission trip, and just on that one mission trip, I've seen I can't get the job done alone. A lot of times people think that the televangelists are going to get the job done. They haven't gotten the job done. There's a lot of people in this world, they don't even have a television. Did you hear what I just said? So it's real easy to sit here in America and you think that, that these big televangelists are... And a lot of them are doing a good job, a lot of them aren't. But the, the thing of it is, is this. We have to do our part. Is that right? We have to reach who we can and if we can't reach, then we need to give financially to send somebody else. Is, is that Right? And that's something that is... the Real loud, say the main main thing. The main thing is all about soul winning. That's what it's all about. That's the most important thing to God and it should be the most important thing to us. How many of you would agree if it's the most important thing to God, then it should be the most important thing to us? I just heard the Holy Ghost. I heard Him right on the inside Told me to tell you that if you would put first what is first to God, He would take care of that situation that you've been trying to take care of for years and you've never been able to get it done. That's what the Spirit of God wanted me to say to this congregation. If we we how how I mean, I've seen I know exactly what he's saying. We're, 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 we, I've seen people i i I saw one person uh, actually there, uh, yeah trying to a uh, spouse a spouse, a spouse, a spouse, but if you just set that aside and begin to reach out with the good news and share Jesus wherever you can, the holy ghost with with within a year 's time he could bring to you and would bring to you and and get you with the person that he that he has for you, praise God, is it okay if the Holy Ghost just Is that all right if we we flow with the Holy Ghost? Is that all right or not? Praise God forevermore. You see, we can get so busy doing our thing that we forget the main thing. What's the main thing? The main thing. Real loud, say soul winning. winning. And if we just take care of God's business, He'd take care of our business. Did you hear me? You know, to a lot of Christians this morning, the most important thing is where are they going to go eat after the service? That shouldn't be the main thing. The main thing should be wherever we go eat, how can we share Jesus with somebody? Even if it's just maybe praying over our food. And you know one of the best ways you can share Jesus when you're out at a restaurant? You know one of the best ways you can do it? By sitting there and when somebody else starts talking bad about somebody else, you decide not to do it. Did you hear me? You make a decision, I'm not going to talk bad about people. And if they keep, and if they keep going on talking bad, you might call the waitress over and say, you know what? These people just want to keep talking bad about the pastor. And you know what? I'm not going to sit and listen to that garbage. Give me my bill. I'm going to leave. You know, that, that might get somebody saved. Can you say amen? Amen. See, a lot of times we share Jesus. We think we, we have to share him with our words, but you know what? You can make a bigger impact on people just by walking in love a lot of times than trying to preach to him. Did you hear me? Nothing wrong with preaching to them, but I'm saying our our actions speak louder than words. Now, uh, many years ago, the Holy Spirit directed me to share on the subject of hell with the church. And he said to me when we actually, just shortly after we started the ministry, he said, hold hell up in front of the church on a regular basis. Hold hell up in front of the church on a regular basis. This is what he said to my heart in prayer time, see, right on the inside. Hold hell up in front of the church on a regular basis. And I said to the Lord, I said, why do that? They're already saved. And he said, the, re- the, the reason that you hold hell up in front of the church on a regular basis is to motivate them to win the lost. Did you know that hell is not preached on a whole lot anymore in this nation? Did, did, you, did you realize that? Did you realize that? And do you know why I think that hell actually... See, I, people will say, well, you don't want to preach on hell. It's offensive and this and that. I tell you what, when you don't preach on hell to the church, they become complacent in their soul winning. If you really, really thought that your loved one when they died was going to hell, you try to move heaven and earth to get them saved. Is that right? Is that correct? And so so just for a few minutes today, the Spirit of God wants me to just hold hell up in front of you. Go to Luke, the 16th chapter. Just hold hell up in front of the church. Notice this. Look at Luke 16, verse... 19, there was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen, fared sumptuously every day. There was a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores, who was laid at his gate, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. So what do we have here? A rich guy and a poor guy. Is that right? So it was that the beggar died... And was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And be in torments in Hades or in hell. Now what do we see here? We see that both of these guys died. Is that right? Did they both die? Yeah. Yeah. And now their bodies remain on the earth. But their spirits didn't. There is life after death. If you believe the Bible, you have to believe that. When you die, your spirit will leave your body. Now, it's interesting here, and you always have to tell people this, because in this day, this was before the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. So you see, in this day, back in the Old Testament times, when when, uh, 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 someone would die, now, if they died rejecting Jesus, how many of you know Jesus has been preached from Genesis all the way to Revelation? It's all about Jesus, isn't it? uh, When Adam sinned and he was cut off from the life of God, God came in there and started talking about what? The seed of the woman. Is that right? So that's Jesus, isn't it? Is that right? And so Jesus has been preached from the Garden of Eden all the way through. That's how you get saved in the Old Testament. That's how you get saved in the New Testament. That's how you get saved if you're a Jew. Say amen. Say it's Jesus. Jesus. Somebody said, well, what if a Jew dies and they don't have Jesus? They go to hell. The other night. Bill O'Reilly was interviewing will, uh, Franklin Graham, Billy Graham's son. said, well, what about people who, who, ha, who have never heard the gospel? I believe God's a good God. I believe that God will get, get the message to everybody. Is that right? But how does he get that message to everybody? He has to use you and me. Is that correct? And so you see, if we don't do our job and go out and tell people about Jesus, there's people that could die and go to hell Heaven never, never heard. Did you hear me? How many of you know Jesus, the Bible says, is the only way to, to to get to heaven? Is that right? How many of you know Buddhism won't get you there? Is that right? And no other there's no other way. The only way is Jesus Christ. That's what, I didn't write it. Don't get mad at me. God wrote it. This is the Bible. Can you say Amen. And that's why... See, God has given us the biggest job and the most awesome assignment. If we don't tell people about Jesus, they could never hear, die, and go to hell. Wouldn't that be horrible? We have an awesome assignment. And so you see... You get saved by looking to Jesus. And in the Old Testament, they look forward to the cross. Now we look backward to the cross. But when these people died in the Old Testament, they both went into, into the inner part of the earth, their spirit. If they had been looking forward to Jesus, they went into Abraham's bosom or paradise, which was a place of comfort. If they died without Jesus, looking looking forward to him, they went into hell or a place of torment. You understand that? And here's the thing they both die, the beggar was carried by the angels to this place of comfort, Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died. His body's buried like the poor man's. This guy went into Hades or hell. Did you see that? Went into Hades or hell. See, where were their bodies? Their bodies were up on the earth. Their spirits left their bodies and went in to the inner workings of the spiritual realm of the inner workings of the earth. Now I have to tell you this, when Jesus died and rose again, now you see we as Christians, we go up, up when we die to heaven. Isn't that wonderful? Is that wonderful? As as wonderful as Abraham's bosom was, and actually you can read the Bible and you can see that Abraham's bosom actually got translated to heaven when Jesus died. The Bible said he led captivity captive and gave gifts to him. Is that right? The book of Ephesians. And so he took all those saved people those, and they took them to heaven with. Isn't that wonderful? And so now when we die as Christians, we don't go down. We go which way? We go up. Isn't that wonderful? But you need to realize this. When a sinner dies, they still go down. They went down in the Old Testament, they still go down in the New Testament. The Bible says hell from beneath is moved to meet you at your coming, you see. It stirs up the dead for thee. See, hell is beneath, you see. Say hell is beneath. Hell is beneath. Yeah, hell is beneath, you see. And so notice here, these both guys die. And, and the, the beggar goes to Abraham's bosom, the rich man, he goes into hell or Hades or hell. Now, notice it says he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Are we going to have, does our spirit man have eyes? Yeah. And are we going to be able to see when we're dead? Yeah, not with our physical body. But but you see, when you die, your spirit leaves your body and and your spirit's going to live forever. Do you understand that? Just a matter of where is it going? Is it going up or is it going down? You understand that? And he, he lifted up his eyes. He saw Abraham afar off, Lazarus in his bosom. Then he cried and said, are, are we gonna, does our spirit man, once we're dead, can we speak? He cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. See, he didn't ask for mercy in his life, did he? But now he's in hell and he wants mercy. It's too late then. Have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger does a spirit man have a finger in water is there water over in the spirit realm evidently i don't understand how it all works but he said that he may dip the tip of his finger in what in what in water and cool my oh you see that for i am what tormented in this dear friends there's a hell and it's a place of torment it's a place of fire did you hear me I said, it's a place of torment. It's a place of fire. Somebody says, well, I just don't believe that there's a hell. Well, you know what? I've never been to to the Grand Canyon, but I don't have to go there to believe it exists. Is that right? And what if I said, I don't believe the Grand Canyon exists? Is it still there? Yeah. So, you know, people, well, I don't believe hell exists. You know what? I'm not going to take what you think. I'm going to go by this book right here. Is that all right? The Bible says there's a hell. The Bible talks more about hell than it does heaven. Did you realize that? And I tell you what, the only way I'm convinced of this to motivate the church is to preach hell to them and and, and have them get stirred up so that they'll go out and win the lost. Now notice this here. Now, notice this here. He cried and said, verse 24, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water. Cool my tongue for I'm tormented in this flame. See, what do we learn here? Hell is a real place. And we learn that it's a place of conscious thought. Did this rich man have conscious thought? Did he? Did he? Did he have conscious thought? He had conscious thought, didn't he? And was he able to see? Did he have eyes? Was he able to recognize people? Somebody said, are we going to be able to recognize people when we're, when we're, when our, you know, when we're dead and our spirits leave our body? Certainly we are. Was he able to speak and cry? Yes. What do we learn about hell? It's a place of no mercy. It's a place of no water. It's a place of torment. It's a place of heat. It's a place of fire. It's a place of flame. The Bible says there's worms in hell that eat away. My God. I don't want anybody to go to hell. Why am I preaching hell to you if you're saved? Because it's one way to motivate you. I said it's one way to motivate you. It's one way. I heard the Spirit of God. He just won't let me alone. There's some business people here today. You've been struggling in your business. And you've been struggling in your business. And you haven't been able to make ends meet. It's because your business has been the most important thing to you. The Spirit of God's wants me to tell you to make your business secondary. Make your business secondary. Make your business... Yeah, even... Make- yeah, that's... Yeah, your business ought to be... You're, you, God ought to be first on your list and then your wife and then your children but 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 here's the thing you've been struggling in your business if you put God first and to put God first means you're a soul winner God can't be first in your life unless you're a soul winner if you're not a soul winner it's a sign that God's not first in your life Spirit of God wants me to get across to you to put God first in your in your business put Him first soul winning soul winning telling people about Jesus and then God will move in there behind that and He'll cause your budgets to be met and not only met but running over. That's what the Holy Ghost is saying. Amen. Amen. Praise God forevermore. It all has to be about this right here. Real loud say soul winning. winning. What a Holy Ghost got a hold of me. Amen. How many is glad He got a hold of me? Glory to God. Verse 25 Abraham said, "Son, remember in your lifetime you received your good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he's comforted and you are tormented." What do we learn from verse 25? The biggest thing I learned is that hell is a place of eternal memory. A place of eternal memory. A place of eternal memory. A place of eternal memory, of eternal memory. and it's a place of eternal regret. A place of eternal regret. I said it's a place of eternal regret. Uh, I tell you what I think. I think there's something worse when when somebody's in hell. I think there's something worse than the worms eating at them. I think there's something worse than the, than, than the no water. I think there's something worse than, than than the fire and the flame. You know what I think's worse than all of it is that they know they didn't have to go there. They didn't have to go. You can get saved that quick just by repent with a repentant heart. Say Jesus. Come into my heart. Boy, just that quick, you miss hell, you make heaven. Isn't that wonderful? But what if nobody tells somebody that? Verse 26, And besides all this, between us and you, there's a great gulf fixed, so that those who want to pass from here to you cannot, nor can those from here pass from from there uh, pass to us. What do we learn from verse 26? That there's no escape from hell. There's no escape from hell. Once somebody breathes their last breath and their spirit leaves their body, it's too late. It's too late then. It's too late. They, it's too late. If they don't know Jesus before their spirit leaves their body, the Bible says they go into this place of torment. They go into hell and it's a place of no escape. How many ever heard of Alcatraz? Anybody ever heard of Alcatraz? How many's heard of Alcatraz? So supposedly, Clint Eastwood, he escaped from Alcatraz, didn't he? Well, who was, who, he played somebody that supposedly did. They don't, I don't know if they know for sure if they escaped. But there was evidently an escape from Alcatraz. You know, there is no escape from hell. There's no escape. People evidently tried, but there was a great gulf fixed, and they can't get out, see? They can't get out. They can't get out. I don't want anybody going to hell, do you? Then in verse 27, he said, I beg you therefore, Father. Now think about this. Here you have, in life, this guy didn't have to beg anybody, did he? In life, he didn't have to, he was a rich man. He had lots of money. He had people working for him. He didn't have to beg anybody. But you see, now he's in hell. And he's locked away. And he's in torments. And he said, I beg you, therefore, Father, that you would, that, that you would, there's people, the Holy Ghost won't let me alone. There's people here, you're having trouble with your children and in your family. You're having trouble with your children and in your family and your daughter's not doing what she's supposed to be doing and your son's not doing what he's supposed to be doing and what you've done is you've got your eyes off the main thing and you've got them over on on other things. Get your eyes off of those problems and just start winning souls and I'll take care of your children. That's what the Holy Ghost is saying. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God forevermore. Praise God forevermore. Praise God. There's one person in here. Your child has got a call on his life to ministry. Be a soul winner. Win the lost at any cost. And God will move in that situation. And It doesn't look like it now, but in the process of time, he'll walk in that call. Hallelujah. There's, a, there's another couple here. Your son hasn't been serving God. Hasn't been serving God. You've wondered, is He going to make heaven or is He going to go to hell? What's going to happen with Him? What's going to happen with Him? What's going to happen with Him? Well, it was the will of God for Him to stand right by your side all these years. But what do you do now? What do you do now? Don't worry. That's what the Holy Ghost is saying. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't take thought. Don't take care. But what you do is, is you make the main thing the main thing and just do all you can to win the lost. And I'll deal with His heart and I'll take care of what I can and and, and everything will come out all right in the end. That's what the Spirit of God is saying. Raise your hand and thank Him for it. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. The Holy Ghost just, just got a hold of me here today. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. Glory to God. Glory to God. It's all right if the Spirit of God moves, isn't it? And he said, I beg you therefore, Father, that you would send him to my father's house for I have five brothers that he may testify to them lest they also come to this place of torment. What do we see here right now? This man wants to be a soul winner, doesn't he? Come on, help me out, folks, doesn't he? Does he want to be a soul winner now? I said, does he want to be a soul winner? I beg you that you'd send him to my father's house. I have five brothers that he may testify to them, lest they also come to this place of torment. Listen, what do we see in verses 27 and 28? We see that hell made a soul winner out of this rich man. Hell made a soul winner out of this rich man. I tell you what, when somebody goes to hell, they won't be there even five seconds, and they'll want to be a soul winner. You know, it's too late then, isn't it? I said, it's too late then, but it's not too late now. We can still go out and win the lost. Is that right? Now, I don't know about you, but I don't want to have to go to hell to be motivated to win souls, do you? I said, I don't want to have to go to hell to be motivated to win souls. This guy, he he spent his whole life, he could have told his brothers about Jesus any time, but he didn't have time for Jesus in his life, but now he's not in hell, but just a short time, and he wants... To become a soul winner. Let's don't have to go to hell to be a soul winner. Once you go to hell, it's too late. I tell you what, be a soul winner now. While there's still time to work. Can you say amen? Amen. Abraham said to him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. How did this man, this rich man, wind up in hell? He didn't wind up in hell because he was rich. His money didn't put him in hell directly now his money put him in hell indirectly i'm convinced of it but his money didn't put him in hell directly how many of you know rich people just because you're rich that don't mean you go to hell does it how many of you know abraham was he in a place of comfort was he or wasn't he come on now come on get stirred up are you following me was abraham a rich man yeah, was Abraham, how many Abraham was probably richer than this guy that's in hell, probably was. But Abraham's not over on that side of, of torment, is he? He's in a place of comfort. Money doesn't have a thing in the world directly to do with it. Somebody said, well, that guy went to hell because he was rich. And so, so, so you got to be poor to see. And the beggar, he was poor. He went to hell, or to, to the place of comfort. But the rich man went to hell. A lot of people think if you got money, you're you're going to go to hell. Money doesn't have anything to do with it directly. Abraham was rich; he didn't go to hell. Do you ever notice that? Why? Tell me. Why did the rich man go to hell? Because he didn't have time for who? Moses and the prophets. Now, somebody I said, well, who did Moses and the prophets preach about? Jesus himself said that Moses and the prophets gave testimony of him. So why did the rich man, in this case here, why did he go to hell? Because he lived his whole life and he didn't have time for who? Moses and the prophets who preached... That's why he went to hell. And the beggar, he laid at the rich man's gate, full of sores, dogs came, licked to sores, desired to be fed from the crumb. He didn't have too much, but he had Jesus. He had heard enough to get him saved. And he listened to Moses and the prophets. And so when the beggar died, he went to the place of comfort. It all had to do with Jesus. And, uh, Notice verse thirty-one. Abraham says he said to him. Uh, 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 he says to him. Um, well, actually, verse verse uh, thirty. And he said, "No, father Abraham. But if one goes to them from the dead, they will repent." So you see, he's saying if, if if they could see a miracle, they'd repent. Did you know miracles really don't make people repent ultimately? I, I, I've had hundred. I've seen hundreds of people healed in this ministry over the years, and it hasn't caused people really, that I've seen to, to, to serve God? What does it then? It's you and I stepping up in the anointing of God and going out in love and telling people about Jesus. And the Spirit of God working on that person's heart and, and making it receptive that when we share Jesus, that person receives Jesus and they get saved. See, I'm holding hell. Listen to me now. I'm holding hell in front of you today. Most all of you, as far as I know, are saved people. Why am I holding hell in front of you? To motivate you to win the lost. But when you go out to win the lost, did you know that a lot of times you don't even have to hold hell up in front of a lost person? You hold the goodness of God up in front of them and show them how good God is and how wonderful God is and how great God is. And that'll motivate them to get saved. Now, some of them, the Bible says, that won't respond to the goodness of God, then you hold hell up in front of them. And we always tell people about hell. I mean, I don't deny the existence of it. But, but, but the Bible says it's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. Isn't that right? So see, uh, see here's what I'm, what I'm trusting at the direction of the Spirit of God. If I'll preach hell to the church, then you'll go out and preach the goodness of God to the lost. And they'll get saved. Can you say amen? amen. Boy, the Spirit of God speaking some things here today. I hope you're listening. And then in verse 31, again, he said, but if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded though one rise from the dead. See, a miracle, a sign or a wonder isn't what people need. What they need is they need to hear the goodness of Jesus. Amen. Thank God for the signs and the wonders. But I'm more interested in sharing the gospel. Did you know John the Baptist, we don't see a healing, a sign or a wonder really in his ministry at all. But he said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And Jesus called him the greatest prophet to ever be born. Is that right? So I just trust here today as I've shared this with you, what was was my motivation in this today? My motivation in this today was to try to motivate all of us to be soul winners. Why do we want to be soul winners? Because we don't want people to go where? Stand with me if you would.